Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. The richest people in the world look for and build networks. Everyone else looks for work. Marinate on that for a minute. And that's by Robert Kiyosaki. So welcome again to The Profitable Photographer. And today we get to learn all about LinkedIn, everything we ever wanted to know, even if we didn't know we wanted to know it. Before I get started, I just want to thank you all for, if you haven't, joined my private group, The Profitable Photographer, please do so on Facebook. And I must be on LinkedIn. <laughs> so if you look up The Profitable Photographer on LinkedIn, please, is it called friending, Jeff? Please uh, connect. Please connect. And um, anyway, I'm sort of babbling this morning. Is it morning? No, it's afternoon. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> And so Jeff, getting started is sometimes the hardest part of my interviews. So that being said, I'm just going to get on with it. <laughs> All right. My guest today is Jeff Brown. And at first he sent me a bio that had so much stuff in it. I could be just about out of time if I read it all. So he's a license set with the Society of Photographers and BIPP. He has a military qualification through the Royal Navy. He's a wedding and boudoir photographer, highly successful in the UK. He's authored several best-selling books and has a new one coming out. He's written articles for magazines. He is a speaker. He's an ambassador for Studio Ninja and for Loxley Color, which is in Glasgow, but has an international presence in Europe. So... I am super excited to have this conversation between California and the UK and take a deep dive, especially into LinkedIn. And also we're going to talk about reverse engineering. So thank you, Jeff, for being on my show. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. No, it's mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm in a silly mood today. So Jeff, um, I would love to know just a little brief intro in how you got started in photography um, and you know how it unfolded into what you're doing now. So briefly, um, I've always been into photography since I was a, a young lad and I used to take pictures when I used to go fishing and get all these beautiful sunrises or see all these beautiful sunrises, but never never take ones that did, did the scene justice. Um, and then as I later went on in life, uh, I decided to join the Royal Navy when I was in my late, well, mid to late twenties. I joined the Navy as an engineer and there was an opportunity to tr train as a military photographer um, after about three years service. So, so I transferred across to the military photography branch, which was a six month training course, 26 exams. I just managed to pass that script through and became a, a military photographer. Uh, which which is a brilliant job, really really fun, getting to play with all the big boys' toys, photographing uh, celebrities, members of the royal family, um, hanging out at helicopters, flying around on speedboats, and then I did that for ten years, just under ten years service. I worked for the intelligence services as an image analyst as well, and then I left to set up my own photography business. 
And when you leave the, um, the, the military in the UK, you get a big chunk of money to spend on training. So instead of spending it on training on photography, I spent it on marketing because I knew I'd have to learn how to market a business. And I got a bit hooked on the marketing and the, the branding side of things. What does hooked mean? Um, it, like addicted to it, really loved it. Really got okay. a, a, So I left with another photographer from the military, Kev, who was my business partner. He wasn't into the branding side of things. He, he spent all his training money uh, on Photoshop and then give me some of his other money to, to spend on further marketing. But that marketing and branding really paid off because within literally 18 months of, of leaving the military, we had a, a six-figure wedding photography business. Then we opened a, a portrait business, a boudoir business, a commercial business, and a, a franchise uh, for aerial photography. Then we opened a, a nursery school business as well, doing school photography. And I ran that until 2015 uh, when I had a bit of a circumstance change in life and I got divorced and then moved to Northumberland, which is a, a very rural part of the UK, and decided to um, start mentoring and helping other photographers because this is something I've always been passionate about. So I set up this training and I now work with photographers in about 20 different countries around the world. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, uh, thank you for packing that all into such a short, short time. Uh, so when did you start your business? I think I missed that. So, so I effectively start with the, the, my photography business I started in 2004. Um, I've shot over about 752 weddings. I did my last wedding in September. So that's me officially retired from weddings now. Mm. Uh, and now I'm just doing the, the training side. And I started the training side. I set the training business up back in 2008. But then in 2010, we mothballed it for a bit because the boudoir business took off. And then I reestablished, reopened it up again when I, when I moved up here into the countryside in 2015. So I've been doing the, the training pretty much full on now for about five years. Got it. So clearly you you are someone that has been in the trenches, marketing, photographing, running a successful business, which I really enjoy talking to people that, that have done the work in a big way. So, all right, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is one of those confusing areas for photographers. Oh. And so, first of all, for people that might not know what LinkedIn is or just have barely heard the word, what is LinkedIn? So LinkedIn is the biggest professional networking platform on the planet. So he's a, I'll give you a few interesting stats, which might get you, your listeners to sort of like listen up a bit more and pay, pay attention because, you know, this is absolute gold. So LinkedIn um, has 775 million users. Uh, the average wage earner on LinkedIn brings home around about seventy-seven to eighty thousand dollars a year. Um, LinkedIn is one of the top B two B business platforms. So, eighty percent of purchases start from an inquiry on LinkedIn because people like to buy from people who they know, like, and trust. So, it's brilliant for for like branding photographers, commercial photographers, but. All these people who earn lots of money, 41% of millionaires are on LinkedIn. All these people who have lots of money have kids. They have daughters getting married. They, they might be getting married themselves. They, they have babies. They have pets. So they want other types of photography too. But this is the real, real key factor about LinkedIn. So we've got 775 million users. Out of those 775 million users, there was only 30 million of those with fully optimized profiles. So only 30 million are showing up in the LinkedIn searches near the top. 
But this is the best bit. Out of the entire newsfeed of content you see on LinkedIn, all the content you see on LinkedIn is created by less than 1% of the entire LinkedIn platform. Mm. So there's only 1% of the people creating that content in the newsfeed. So unlike Facebook, where you're scrambling for, for um, you know, to get yourself seen and Instagram, LinkedIn, if you do it right, and if you post right and you fully optimize your profile, you could do a post today, which is still getting your likes, shares, comments, and trending in two weeks' time mm. and still showing up on the newsfeed. So LinkedIn, once you've got it working, it's very, very easy to keep to keep on top of. You, you only have to post around 16 times a month is what we call optimal uh, posting, but a lot of my clients are posting you know, seven times a week. And um, it's, it's people are there to do business. People aren't there just to like stuff and you know people are there for a purpose because it's a networking platform mm-hmm. so um okay so here what you're saying which is when you post it's it's going to show up in people's nudes nudes feeds <laughs> news <laughs> feeds <laughs> maybe nudes feeds has a certain <laughs> sub subheading uh so it's going to show up in the news feed because there are so few people posting that are on LinkedIn. So my question is, if people are not going to LinkedIn regularly, will they see our posts in some way? Or does the fact that a lot of people, like, how do you get over the fact that a lot of people who have LinkedIn accounts aren't regularly going to LinkedIn? So so yeah, so um, people are actually seeing the posts so when i do a post on linkedin i will see that anything between you know sometimes 30 to fifty thousand people have seen my post just within a couple of days of that post going live and but even though i've had those high amounts of views and a view is where somebody's clicked the post opened and read it the engagement is a little bit less so the engagement might be i don't know 80 likes or 90 likes and maybe 67 comments because a lot of people on LinkedIn are frightened to post because they think it's a purely professional networking platform and they're worried about what to post. Mm. And what I say to photographers who are going to use LinkedIn is, is be yourself, be authentic, be yourself, because people will do business with and people will buy from people who they like and they trust and they know. You're not going to get known if you don't get yourself out there in the newsfeed. Okay. And if you try and sell to people and if you try and come across Casilzi, they're not going to like you and they're not going to trust you. But if you just be yourself, then that's fine. That's totally fine. Those yeah. 80,000 people that saw your post, are those only people that you are accepted? What's it called when you like connected? Are they- no, no, because, um, because I have, I have 30,000 connections. So the thing with LinkedIn is you don't have to be connected with somebody to see their content. Okay. So, um, you know, you can, you can show content to people in, so I, so if you're connected to me and you like my content and you see it, you so a, a proportion of your followers will see that you've liked my content too. So that's how you, that's how you can go organically on LinkedIn because people go, Oh, Oh, Lucy's like that. Oh, I'm a photographer too. Okay. Photographers, I'm, I'm going to like him as well. Okay. So that's how you go by, by putting yourself out there. So there's, you could have 10 followers on LinkedIn and get a million views if mm-hmm. your content is, 
inspirational, if your content is helpful, if it's if if it's funny, if people like it, and if it's it's genuine. If you put out salesy stuff, you're probably not going to get much at all. Uh, so, if I cut you off from that next wonderful thought you were going to share, it's because I wanted to be sure to find out that one thing about how do people see those. So that makes total sense. So they don't have to be sharing, um, but if someone likes something, then it might show up in someone else's newsfeed. Yes. It's not yeah. one of your connections. Yeah. Okay. So, so for instance, um, so for instance, Lucy, if, if you have one, if you have 10 connections, so you just, you're fresh to LinkedIn, you have 10 connections and then you come along and you connect with me, you now have 11 connections, but I have 30,000 connections. So when you've connected with me, yes, you've got one additional connection, but you now have 30,000 second connections mm. who could potentially see your content through my network. Got it. Got it. So I think I need to um, connect with you. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so back to, do, do people have to go regularly to LinkedIn or does does email show up that says one of your people made a comment in LinkedIn? I mean, it, oh yeah. So it's, it's uh, you, you get notifications about comments, you get notifications. So it's very much like, you know, like, like Facebook, if you want to have, I mean, I don't subscribe to the emails because otherwise it would drive me mad, but yeah. you do get notifications and, and with LinkedIn, you can get the, the mobile app so you can, you can view it on the mobile app. One of the big ways to make LinkedIn work though. And I think, you've probably told this to your photographers loads of times as well, is that, you know, the, the best way to, to succeed as a photographer is to, is to niche and to specialize. Don't be a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you can go onto LinkedIn now, say for instance, you do uh, wedding and portrait photography, but you also do personal branding or you do newborn photography, but you also do food photography. What you want to do is think, right, what am I going to be on LinkedIn? I'm going to be a specialist in a niche on LinkedIn which I can serve really well. So I can, I've got photographers in all different genres, all different niches who onboard my program, you know, food photographers, sports photographers, wedding photographers, personal branding, and they specialize in a particular niche on LinkedIn, then look for people because the one big thing, advantage of LinkedIn is you can search people by occupation or by company. Mm -hmm or by trade. So you could be a personal branding photographer and then start connecting with coaches, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, influencers, people who are their own personal brand and they're going to need a lot of imagery to, because visibility is credibility on the internet. You know, the more credible you become, the more authority you have and the more money you can charge. Mm -hmm. so, so, so yeah, so that way with LinkedIn, if you can niche your, your, your profile down and aim for a target audience and aim for a target sector. And then basically I have a food photographer who I've just actually had a meeting with today. And we went for a, a nice bite to eat in a pub here in England. And we, um, <clears throat> she's a, she's a food photographer. She's in the same area as me, Northumberland in England. And her profile is she's trying to attract food producers, food growers, uh, restaurants, hotels, bars, mm. pubs, those sort of people. Now, what she does is she doesn't sell the photographs. What we've done, we've built her pro her profile around selling the end result so that when people connect with her straight away, they can see the benefit. So 
Sue Todd is the name of her. So you check Sue Todd out on LinkedIn. Um, and Sue Todd's profile is I make people hungry. Mm. That's what her profile is. So she she says in her profile, she puts bums on seats. She fills restaurants. She sells more of your products online. Mm. So she creates photographs that look tasty. She creates photographs that are so amazing. You can basically smell them and taste them in the news feed. They look that good. And then when she sells the end solution to the client, the client like, oh, my God, I need some of them pictures because those pictures are going to give me more money. Those pictures are going to fill my restaurant and sell more of my produce. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So what I'm hearing is all of the things that come into play in terms of what we do anywhere, websites, any way that we're promoting ourselves, we pull those into LinkedIn, including uh, what I hear in that is the problem solution. The problem is getting thumbs in seats. The solution is I'm going to make people hungry and they're going to want to, to come. So yeah, um, I love that, that the knowledge, uh, you know, the work story model. Do you know that the work story model of websites? Have you yes. run across that book? Yeah. yeah. So be the same, same kind of thing with LinkedIn posts. So my question is, so somebody is a local photographer who wants to attract local business like a wedding or family portrait uh, photographer so one of the barriers to me in thinking about how to um, encourage people to be active in LinkedIn is not knowing since a lot of people are wanting to have local weddings local families notice them how does that work in the LinkedIn world of getting the locals to see you so so obviously with with facebook as you, as you know we can target people by like interests and geographical areas and also you know whether they're getting married that sort of stuff unfortunately you can't do that on linkedin but you can approach it slightly differently so what you would do you would utilize as a say for instance a wedding photographer because obviously you know i'm a wedding photographer myself by trade so um one of the best ways to utilize LinkedIn as a wedding photographer is to say maybe niche your wedding photography down. So you could be a wedding photographer for people who love the countryside. So people who are, you know, outdoorsy people who love getting married in the great outdoors. And then what you do is you start initially, you start connecting with outdoor wedding venues in your particular city or well, or your particular you know your particular county because you're probably going to be more rural if that's the type of photography you are so you connect with all these rural wedding photography venues you also connect with a lot of bridal shops that are in this rural area as well now what you've got to think is the people who follow the bridal shop and the people who follow the rural wedding are potentially going to be your ideal clients mm. so so if you connect with them and then you start connecting with their clients their followers they're potentially going to be the right sort of people but the other thing the other powerful thing about linkedin is you don't just utilize linkedin as a place to get clients you use utilize linkedin as a place for collaboration so every every week and i I developed this thing so i just wrote a new um a new book called the ambitious photographers journal so it's a 52 week goal setting journal for photographers to really kick their backsides and get them over procrastination 
And I said, one of the biggest things that I see for success and to really help people out is thinking outside the box and reaching out because there is literally endless opportunity out for everyone out there, but you've got to ask for it. Mm-hmm. So what you've got to do is you've got to think about your niche. So if you're a wedding photographer, you think, well, I have all this knowledge, I have all these skills, this experience, as well as being able to take fantastic photographs. Who else can benefit from that? Right, there's a local wedding magazine. I'm going to, I'm going to contact them and say I'm going to write a blog for them or could write an article, write an article for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could team up with a local wedding venue and do uh, a VIP referral voucher scheme whether if they you know refer somebody over to me they will get a hundred hundred dollar discount off their their wedding package so you use linkedin as a way to reach out to people to reach out for collaboration so what you what you're doing is you're using other people's authority and other people's network to boost your authority and that's something I, i still do every single wednesday and in my book i call it opportunity wednesday and it's just a case of one phone call, one email, you know, what's the worst people can do is turn around and say no. But you know what? 95% of the time, and I see this for so many of my clients as well, and they'll go, oh, my God, Jeff, I sent a, I sent a message to this guy, and he turned around and said yes, and he wants us to write a blog, or he wants us to write for, funny enough, when I met Sue today, she was like, there's this magazine wants to produce content for a magazine, which is a Northeast fruit photography magazine. And she approached me because I told her, you know, so it, it, it's amazing how much opportunity is out there. And then what happens is you start getting seen everywhere and you become the go-to photographer. You become that photographer that you see all over the place and go, how does this mm-hmm. person get so much exposure? Because they ask for it because they go out and get it. Jeff, my mind is just like creating. I'm an, I'm a thinker and yep. one of the easiest things that I have done marketing wise when I was a wedding photographer was I was a natural networker. I always made friends in the industry. I referred them, you know, cake baker, DJ, wedding venues. So I see how this can beautifully, seamlessly enhance all of that connecting. Like When I do a bridal show and now when I'm coaching somebody uh, doing a bridal show, to me, more than half the benefit is to meet vendors and grow those relationships. Definitely. So this sounds like number one, one of the perfect ways to, to just expand. And like you said, be the go-to person because most people wouldn't be doing this. So we well, that's, you know, stand you, out. What I see like loads of, you know, I'll say to photographers and, especially ones who I just start working with, if they come on board my program and we talk about different stuff. And one of the first things we do is like goal setting and time management and collaboration. And I'll say, have you got any collaboration? Oh yeah, I've got some collaboration with a few venues and these shops. And I'll say, oh, so how does that collaboration work? And most of them, 90% of them will turn around and say, well, I went and asked if they put some leaflets in. Right. And I went, and? And I went, well, that's it. And I went, well, those leaflets are probably in the bin or they've got lost. I says, if you have a collaboration, it should be a benefit to both parties. So when I when I did a lot of weddings, you know, one of the best collaborations I had was a, a voucher, VIP voucher, which I give to the wedding, the, the, the bridal shop. Bridal shops are brilliant because most photographers don't approach the bridal shops. They'll try and approach the venues, but not the bridal shops. But as you know yourself, you know, brides will go venue, bridal shop, photographer, or they'll go venue, photographer, bridal shop. You know, the, if you go like cake baker and, and 
DJ, they, by that time, they've already got a photographer boot. Mm-hmm. So the, the bridal people are, are brilliant. So, so we went into the bridal shop. We created these vouchers. It was a £100 discount. It was a VIP £100 offer. So it looked like £100. It had £100 written on the front in big letters. And it said, you know, Elegance Bridal in um, <clears throat> collaboration with Russian Brown Photography, um, entitled, you're entitled to a £100 voucher off the cost of a wedding package storybook package with their with their services so these vouchers were kept underneath the counter and there was a little bit on the back where the girl would put her name and she would put a date that she issued and handed the voucher over and it said on the back of the voucher these vouchers are valid for 30 days from the date of issue so what i did is remember a lot of these girls who were working on a you know on a weekend were probably earning 30 40 pounds for a day's work i would say for every bride that you give this to, and they come and boot my services, I will come in and give you a hundred pounds cash. Mm. So, you know, a month later, when I go back into the shop and I go to a young 16, 17 year old girl, and I'll say, uh, Lindsay, I've got an envelope for you. And there's 300 pounds. And she said, what the hell is this for? Jeff was it because Sharon came and booked me, Michelle booked me and Stacy booked me. And each of them came with a voucher with your name on the back. The following month, <laughs> I would get even more because yeah. she was like, oh, my God, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I always paid in cash. None of this checks about, you know, go down with with cash, because to a, a young girl, 16, 17, 18 year old, that was that was phenomenal. And she she would sing my praises. And in fact, one girl said to us, as Jeff, it was funny the other week. Uh, a photographer came in and says can we put can I put some leaflets in? She says, yeah, yeah. And she took his leaflets. She says when he walked out the door, I chucked them all in the bin. Because <laughs> she wasn't, yeah, he yes. wasn't going to give her a hundred quid. Yes, but we made, we made a point of every time because we had about seven staff in the business. So this shop was in, the, in in our local city, you know, in in Sunderland. And I would say any time, either myself, my business partner, or the staff were in the area, I'd say call in the bridal shop with half a dozen cream cakes. Mm-hmm. So we, we just we would pop in and say, "Hi, girls. There's some uh, there's some cakes to go." Anything else we can do for you? Do you need any photographs doing? Have you got any wedding fairs coming up? You know, so it was, we would give, give, give to them mm-hmm. for free, but by God, did they return? You know, we, we I think we got 35 weddings from one bridal shop in a year. You know, so that was mm-hmm. no need for Facebook adverts, no need for magazine adverts. We stopped doing wedding fairs. There was no point mm-hmm. because these people, and then we, we replicated that model to another two bridal shops in the area. Wow. And tying in our LinkedIn conversation is that this is a way it, it can be what I'm what I think I'm hearing is this can be a, an entree into not like an entree that we eat, but a way to form connections and cultivate them and deepen them by LinkedIn connections or even um, a way to introduce ourselves and say, I, you know, we're, we're connected on LinkedIn and I want to do an article on LinkedIn about you. Like it, it helps that rather than cold calling, is that what you say in, in yeah, your yeah. cold calling to say, yeah. Hey, I'm a photographer. I'd love to network is it's something to say instead of that, that is serving, it's forming some connections in advance I don't know if I'm expressing that well, but um, but I'm yeah, getting it. 
yeah, so that it, it's about, you know, looking at people who already serve the people that you want to be at, but then going in with something that's mutually beneficial to both of you, you know, so you can right. say like, you know, uh, um, I'll do this for you. I'll, I'll create some content for you or I'll come and do some photographs for you if you, you know, give me access to some of your network or mm -hmm. it's, and I, I do a lot of this with, you know, I, I'll contact magazines, podcasts, uh, professional societies, and I produce free content for them. But then I'm getting access to, you know, tens, if not hundreds of thousands of photographers to, to get my message out there. Right. So and it's, it's about utilizing other people's authority. So this is all, or it's initiated or it's cultivated with the LinkedIn platform. Am I? Yeah. So pretty much everything I've, you know, I've, everything I've got and you know, sponsorship deals, ambassadorships, magazine articles, all of that has come through LinkedIn. And likewise, you know, so many of my clients who I work with, all of their, all the magic stuff has, has come from LinkedIn because it's a networking platform. Those sort of, those sort of connections and those sort of opportunities don't arise as well from Facebook because Facebook is a completely different type of platform. You know, Facebook is brilliant for, for marketing as well, but it's not really the same sort of platform for collaboration. It's much harder to build those sort of collaborations on, on Facebook. Got it. So what I'm, what is kind of settling into me is that because networking for me is just a great way to grow a group and not just networking with one-on-one -on -one of people that might use me or refer me, but, but the networking with other businesses that serve the same client base that LinkedIn is a really powerful way to get work through the networking. Yeah. And it's, it's the thing is as well, because, you know, that competition for space in the newsfeed is very small that sooner or later, you know, in a very short space of time, you're going to start getting seen and then you don't you know that the funny thing is you know like when I went back to that earlier thing you know I could put a post out and have 30,000 views but only maybe 20-30 comments but 30,000 people have seen it now the amount of people who come up to me I'll get I'll get like a an, in, an inbox message on LinkedIn and I'll say Jeff I'd love to book a call and speak about your program so so I go over to the person's profile I look at them and I'm like never seen you before in my life i don't think you've ever liked one of my posts or commented no don't know who you are then i jump on a call with the person and i'm like hi how are you doing are you okay the first thing they'll say is um yep it's great I've, in fact i've been watching you for about six months now i know mm. exactly what you do i've been listening to all your stuff um i'm really interested i want to join the program and i'm like whoa hang on a minute <laughs> and they, they, they're pre-sold but this person i've never seen them they've never liked anything they've never commented and that is uh, we call it in our little awesome photographers group which is my private mentoring group we have this little joke and say it's like the lurkers it's people who lurk back and, and watch you but they don't say anything until all of a sudden they just hit you with this thing and go yeah i want i want to sign up i want to by this mm -hmm. you know I, I mean funny enough i had it with with canon you know canon will drop me a message and say we know who you are we'll be watching you would like to come and do a webinar with us mm. like, wow you know it's so so it's it's it just shows you the power of that platform and it's if you're putting yourself out there genuinely and being yourself and and being authentic then we're all humans you know it doesn't matter if you're 
the managing director of some multi-million pound company, people buy from people who they like. So if they like the way you're coming across a news feed and because they're going to see you because there's only 1% of the, the, the entire platform posting, so it's really easy to get seen, then you don't, when you're putting yourself out there authentically and, and, and I always have a bit of fun. I mean, you should see some of my posts. I put a picture up the other week. Um, you know, I put loads of posts out, top tips for photographers and advice. Then I put a picture up last week, or last month, sorry, of my daughter and me dressed up as Slash and Axel from Guns N' Roses in a fancy dress. You know, my 14-year-old <laughs> daughter. And, and, and we'd spent ages getting this fancy dress. And I had so much engagement on that post. And people going, yeah, you look really cool and stuff, you know. And people love it because it's fun. You know, and, and then mm-hmm. that's another good thing about LinkedIn is you, you get these old older people on LinkedIn. Of, oh, no, you shouldn't put stuff on like that. That's a Facebook post. It brightens up people's news feeds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as photographers, we're one of the best people to brighten up people's news feeds. We create beautiful landscapes. We've got amazing pictures of puppies and families smiling and laughing and stuff. And mm-hmm. then you've got a news feed that's full of corporate stuff that sometimes is very dull. And then you've got these photographers' pictures that come up and go, wow, wow, you know? So I'm going to selfishly ask you a question about growing a podcast, because as we talked about, and I do have listeners that have their own podcasts, so it's not just selfish, although a little bit, Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking that there is a major opportunity to grow uh, more listeners to my show through LinkedIn. So what kinds of, who would you look for? What would you look for in terms of connect with? The the first thing would be to set a profile. And funny enough, I've actually helped two podcasters, photography podcasters help, help them with their LinkedIn profiles and get them to get out there. And because literally nobody's on LinkedIn. (laughs) Apart from these, these two podcasters who I've helped, who you probably know anyway, you know, help them get themselves out there and they're now posting on LinkedIn and, and get themselves out. But even lots of the big companies, you know, some of the, the big um, national photography companies, I have more followers than they do because they're not very active. Mm-hmm. Or if they are, they're still not doing the right thing. They're not posting correctly. So what you want to do is set um, your profile to say what it is you do. So if you, if you look at my profiles, if you head over to, to if, if you look at my profile for example you know my profile is jeff brown the photographer's mentor so i'll say exactly what i am in the profile but then if you look at my profile heading and read the profile it doesn't really talk about marketing it doesn't effectively that's what i do i help photographers market and and help them get their branding and work their pricing but my profile talks about helping photographers build a premium brand and make a lot more money so what i do is that my profile sells the end solution so, you know, yours would be, you know, like a, a, a podcast for photographers to help them streamline the business, make more money, you know, get more, get more customers, um, maximize their profits. So if you build the whole profile around what the end result is, and then when you start sending out connection requests to, to photographers, straight away they see from that connection request exactly what you can do for them. So when you create a profile, your profile is never about you. It's about what you do for the other people. Okay. And, and because that seems so attractive, then it's very, that's how I've grown you know, 30,000 followers because my profile looks appealing. It's not about me. It's, it's all about them. Okay. And so 
thank you for that. Um, and then would you suggest I then start asking to connect with people and would it be more businesses that if I'm taking the time, would it be every photographer in the world who, you know, who do you ask to connect with? So with myself, I connect with every photographer, then anybody who supports the photography industry as well. So, you know, like the associations and, and, and manufacturers and, and other supporting industries, but what you can do is you could niche it even further. So you could be, you know, I know um, a, an, another mentor who, who does very similar stuff to me um, called Gillian Devine. And she she only works with or she helps people become personal branding photographers. Mm -hmm. So so she just wants to connect with personal branding photographers. She's not connecting with wedding photographers or food photographers. So she's gone really niche in that she sells a full package just to personal branding photographers. Got it. So, all right, I love it. So before I um, pivot to, if we've got a little bit of time to talk about reverse engineering, but before that, so do you feel like you've gotten the basics? Is there something else um, that we'd wanna know about LinkedIn? So with, um, with LinkedIn, one of the big things about LinkedIn when it comes to posting content, is LinkedIn is a discussion-based platform. Ah. So what you do is you don't post like you're posting on Instagram. So you don't just put like a couple of one-liners up and, a, and about 20 or 30 hashtags. With LinkedIn, you should, you should have no more than five hashtags. Your hashtag should be at the very end of the post. So separated from the body of content. And then up to- I'm sorry, how many again? No more than what? No more than five. Okay. Um. And then what you want to do is make sure that the, the content that you're putting out there, I always go down the route of who, what, where, when, why. So who, what, where, when, why. So if you're posting a, um, a story or an image, tell people who, who's in the picture, what they're doing, why they're doing it, what happened at the end. You know, so if you put a picture of a, a wedding, don't just put, he's David, David and Sarah, they got married at the weekend tell a story. So this is David and Sarah's medic wedding. They got married at such and such venue. The first met, this was, you know, two years since they were engaged. Tell a story because people like to hear a story. Now, if you're doing, say, personal branding or headshots, tell a story about the client. So you can say, this is Dave. He's just had his headshot done because he wanted to up to ECV. Uh, you know, two weeks after getting his headshot done, he managed to land his dream job in IT. When was the last time you updated your headshot? So what you want to do is you want to tell a story that makes people who read that bit of content go, oh, ah, if that's worked for Dave, it might work for me. Mm -hmm. you know. So, And then one of the other big things about LinkedIn, it's a discussion-based platform. So if you look at any of my posts, you'll see that at the end of every post, before the hashtags, I'll always ask a question. So wow. today I did a post about putting your prices up for 2022 and the fact that you know here in the UK, inflation rates going right up the you know the interest rates are going to go back up next year so as photographers i'm saying you should be at least putting your prices up by 10 percent. so we talked about ways to increase prices and you know and, and streamline your your break even figures and stuff and then at the very end i say are you putting your prices up in 2020 so so what that does is it gets people to comment people go over to the, my post and start commenting now on LinkedIn, a comment carries a lot more weight than a like. Mm 
So likes are really weak because they don't really do anything. It's so easy to like. Mm-hmm. But a comment shows the platform that these people are engaging. And the more they're engaging, the longer to stay in on there. So LinkedIn will reward you with more organic reach, the more comments you got. So if you see a post that has 500 likes, but over only two comments, that isn't doing as well effectively as a post that has 20 comments and 50 likes. Got it. So similar because, to face, Facebook, Facebook likes yeah. and engagement. Yeah. And, and, and also from a, from a, from a, you know, a client to client basis of the client to person basis, relationships aren't really going to be built through likes. Relationships are going to be built through discussion and through commenting. You know, you get to know people, you get to speak to people better. Um, and what a lot of my photographers, I encourage them to do is, is see your ideal client and then look at their, their, their posts and start commenting on them. But like in not just go, oh, nice post or yeah, I agree. Actually putting a bit of a discussion on there. Mm-hmm. And one of my comments, one of my clients, Ella, she's, she's picked out three people in the past six months who she really, really, really would love to work with. These are real top high-end people she wants to do premium brand shoots with very expensive brand photography shoots and so she's she's effectively tracked them down on linkedin started commenting built relationships and these people have come to work i want you to do my photography mm. because they build that relationship with her she the, the people that she wants to do shoots with anyway she is she's very much aligned to because she is looking for people who are have the same beliefs as her, you know, into sustainability and thinking about, you know, the future of the planet and stuff like that. So she, he, she's modeling her client type on who she is herself. So it's very easy for her to engage with these people because they have similar interests and similar passions and a mission. So, so that, like, for her, that's worked fantastic. Yeah. So it sounds like if someone is going to take your advice and use LinkedIn, that it takes engagement and intention. You don't just do a profile, uh, ask a bunch of people to uh, connect with you and then walk away. That it, like Facebook, it's, a, it's interactive, it's conversations, yeah. it's seeing other people's posts, commenting on other people, having, having ongoing content and connection am i right yes yeah great great any anything else we need to know i mean i know you could probably do weeks of (laughs) education on this Uh, any any other so i've got some good bullet bullet points and i'm going to summarize those at the end of this interview uh, which i always do Um, but anything else for my i have six Big points. Anything else? Don't want to miss out. Is that about covering? Get your, your profile up there. But one of the biggest things is consistency. Okay. And don't don't be put off at the beginning when nothing's happening. Now, I, I, funny enough, one of my clients who's doing extremely well on LinkedIn, a lady called Anne here in the UK. I'm sorry, Chelsea. say that again. You just got uh, blinked out. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, so one of my clients, uh, Anne Thomas, who's a branding photographer here in the UK, she, uh, I remember she contacted me, I think it was last year, 
and she went jeff it's not working i've been doing this for for three months now and it's just not working i'm doing everything you're saying and it's not working and i says right how many times you're posting and she's posting maybe about three or four times a week and i says and just up your posting a bit but stick in there i says because what you've got to think is if imagine like you've got a really really long big hose and um you turn the tap on it's going to take a while for the water to come out the end of this hose pipe and i says that's what it's like with linkedin because the people who see you today I'm going to borrow from you until probably about three or four months time. Mm-hmm. I said, she's just, so what Anne did, and she says, right, Jeff, I'm going to, I'm going to make a commitment to you now. And I'm going to post every single day. I says, you don't have to. She says, no, I'm going to, because I want this to work. So I'm going to post every single day. So she actually posts more than I do. So Anne started posting every single day, seven times a week, even Saturdays and Sundays, which is actually quite good because people aren't very active on a Saturday and Sunday. So the news feed is even less but people are still checking in. So you've got even more chance of getting to it. Three weeks later, she sent this message. Oh my God, Jeff, it's starting to work. And then the week after she was like, oh my God, I've got another inquiry in and another mm. one. Mm. And I went, yes. And I says, find out when those people have been connecting with you. And these people had connected with Anne maybe two months prior. And I says, but the people who connect in, so, so effectively, you know, like three months time, you start and get your first, your first sort of, bites your first inquiries in but you know the following week you get inquiries and they're the ones that connected probably a week after that lot so it, it just takes a bit of time so i remember you know putting posts out and i used to write linkedin articles that would you know effectively like blog posts you know i'd write like two thousand word blog posts and put them out there and upload them to it to facebook uh, to linkedin and get two likes i remember when I first got 10 likes and I remember my first ever comment and I was over the moon, you know? So I went through that, that, you know, a lot, but, but, but I didn't stick, I didn't give up. I stuck at it, you know? And that's the biggest thing. Uh, consistency, because consistency. as soon as you switch off, you're going to lose everything. You've, you've, you know, if you go away for two or three, three months and then come, it's going to take you a while to get back in the news for you to get, you know? So, mm-hmm. and for people to remember you, so it, it takes you what 15 minutes, 20 minutes, I timed myself this morning. I wrote quite a big post this morning and it took me 20 minutes to put that post out. Mm-hmm. How much time then do you spend um, managing the comments, commenting on the comments, looking at other people's posts? Uh, probably, I reckon I probably do about an hour in total on a day throughout the entire day. So I do my post. Sometimes I, I don't post anywhere near as much as my clients do, but it's because I have quite a big following people tag me in lots of stuff and follow me but it's took me a while to get there you know it's took me about five years to get to that now but um i probably post about three to four times a week sometimes less like last week i didn't i don't think i even posted once because i was so busy doing other stuff but um yeah i would say probably about an hour a day so so almost every day like i i sit down i look at my facebook i make comments i i need to be better at my own posts. I love to get into dialogue with others. Um, and then I read my email and then I get on with the day. So it sounds like your priority would be jump into LinkedIn, see what's going on, making comments on other people and comments from comments on yours, your own. Is that, am I explaining that? Like in my yeah, own? Yeah, yeah, totally. And, that, and then, the, you know, that's as part of that that journal that I set up, that was one of the big things. And I said to people, you know, if you leave it till the afternoon, something else will come along, you yeah. know, and then 
he'll be like, and then he'll be, oh, I'll post tomorrow. So literally most of the members in my group, and I say this, like seven o'clock, eight o'clock, bang, bang, bang. You know, there's LinkedIn posts going out of them because they get it over and done with. And I'll say to them, don't switch on, don't look on Facebook. Do not check your email at all until you've done your LinkedIn post. Do your LinkedIn post, then you do your Facebook. Leave email to last because email email is a nightmare. It takes you all over the place, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when you sit doing an email, you get an email off. You know, like today, I, I was sitting doing an email, and then an email comes in from Bell Staff or Barbara or something with the Black Friday sale or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I think I'll have a look at that quote. And then I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be working. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 about that time management. Do it first thing in the morning because. I- it's over and done with. You know, it's 20 minutes of your time. You probably spend more time scrolling through Facebook looking at oh. other people's stuff than, than creating the post, you know? So, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, okay. So I wanted to find out what you mean by reverse engineering, because um, it sounds like that's another one of the powerful zones of genius of yours, <laughs> right? So, so, so I've been like really big on... One of the first things I do with, with, with clients who come on board my program is say, right, look, we're going to set your goals, you know. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I've already got my goals, Jeff. And I'll say, what are they? Uh, to make 100 grand this year. I'm like, right. And what else? Oh, that's it. You know, that, that's what I want to do. I said, well, have you got a path on how to make that? No. B- because they'll set a goal that'll be, you know, it's a good goal. It's a brilliant goal to make 100,000, right? Great goal. But if you don't break that goal down, how are you going to get there? You can't just say, right, I'm going to make a hundred grand and then go back to doing what you do every day because that's not going to change. So what we do is, and that's why I created the ambitious photographers journal is to break your goals down and look at other ways that feed these particular goals and how by doing something completely different, something that can benefit to your business. And I call these IGTs, which I call um, income generating tasks. So it's tasks that you do the generate income for your business either now or in the future and you know one of the big things photographers do photo editing is not an income generating task it's actually an income depleting task because the longer you spend editing photographs the less money you're making per hour so this book is all about breaking those those down and reverse engineering your goals so to give you an example one of my clients karen who's a headshot photographer in uh, in um, <clears throat> nashville tennessee and she said to me last year, she's deaf, Jeff. So, you know, <clears throat> set a, she set a financial goal. She, she set a shoot goal. And then we, we worked out that <clears throat> this other big goal that we we're going to aim for was to get 100 five-star re- reviews on Google My Business. So in order to get a five-star review, she had to be providing a really, really top-end five-star service. So she made a few twinks to her offering, got a filter coffee machine and in our studio, she's got a steamer in there to make sure people look really, really smart. She coaches them on smiling. She gives them a, um, before they come for the headshot, she gives them a, 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 like a video call and goes through outfits and, and matches the outfits with their brand. And then they've got unlimited time in the studio. So everybody who came for a headshot subsequently had such an amazing time that they naturally give her a five-star review. So as these five-star reviews continue to grow, and she's now got 155-star reviews, she gradually went up the rankings. So that, that seeking those five-star reviews, this is what the end result became. 155-star reviews has led Karen to being 
the top headshot photographer, premium headshot photographer in her county. Wow. She's increased her price in Nashville. Yes. So she's increased her prices, um, I think three times now. She's going to increase them again on on the 1st of January because we're talking about it last week. And that will make her the, the most expensive in the county. And she has, through this, she hasn't had any zero um any price objections so she's what she's done now because she's really premium she's a premium she's appealing to premium people she's got the testimonials the five-star reviews to back that up so she's just getting in front of people who price isn't an objection anyway so she's actually getting more people converting and less people complain about price because she's a premium brand offering a premium service so those five-star reviews led her to increase her price hit a financial target actually work with less people for more money Mm -hmm. and it's also seen i get to the number one spot on google for headshots headshot photographer nashville Mm. or headshot photography nashville because of all these google five star reviews so that one little thing fed about another five or six goals karen's also now got about seven thousand followers on linkedin um and um she's now becoming very dominant on LinkedIn. You know, everybody knows that. And also that's one of her big USPs on LinkedIn, that she's one of the only ones on there with this many five-star reviews. So that's what I call reverse engineering. You go looking and it was like Ann Thomas who said, Jeff, I'm going to post every single day for a year. What did that do for Ann? That allowed her to, you know, that posting every single day saw her LinkedIn following grow by nearly 100%. She hit a financial target. She's managed to increase her prices because she's more visible. She's become more credible. And as you become more credible, people, you have more authority and people expect because you're there all the time and you're giving value and giving content that, oh, this person's premium, you know, they're not screaming for business. They're not doing posting, book me. They give in, you know, so they they expect a high price tag when they come to Right, right. So that's a... I love that story. And, you know, Nashville, with all the musicians, there's got to be a lot of professional branding photographers. So that's an yeah, yeah. incredible feat. So just see if I've got this right. So reverse engineering means, yes, figure out where we want to go and then basically work backwards of yeah. how everything going to get there. Because it's like when yeah. we're... When if we're, you think of that hundred thousand dollars that you want to make, or two hundred fifty thousand dollars, how are you going to make two hundred fifty thousand dollars? Well, first of all, you're going to have to be seen. You're going to have to have a premium brand because you want to charge a premium price. Because otherwise, you're going to be shooting God knows how many portraits to get two hundred fifty thousand dollars if you if you're hitting the bottom end of the market. So you know, one of the big things to get a high income. Is you is you got to go to the other side of things first and look at your brand. So your brand needs to to be premium. It needs to to look expensive. It needs to ooze quality. It, it needs to you know offer the solution to the client. And then you need to start growing your social media platforms and growing your followers and posting your content. When you're doing all this stuff, this is then feeding into that income goal. Um, because you're going to be getting out there. The more content you create, the more visible you become. The more you look premium, the more you'll attract premium paying clients. And you'll actually, if you look really premium and you look high end, you'll scare off the tire kickers and the freebie hunters who you don't right. want to work with anyway. Right. And then 
as you get more premium planes, they're, they're the best ones to work with because they're really easy. They're low maintenance. They're not whingers. They're not, you know, these people know what they want and if and they respect you and they, they value your time. And if you deliver, they'll pay. And that's it. You know, yeah. they don't want everything for nothing. Yes. So um, I think I do something with my coaching clients right off the bat that I, I'm imagining falls into the reverse engineering. So just looking for confirmation on that. One of the things we do is we figure out those money goals and then how many clients per month and then, or, or per year that we want to do. And then how much do we need to sell or earn per client yes. and then break that up into the number of months and dollars. So at the end of this quick and dirty um, business plan is to, to, you need to bring in 20,000 a month with six clients, which means X amount of dollars per client. Um, so is that, does that fit in the reverse engineering model? It, it does, yeah. Yeah, very, very, very similar because we sort of like break them down into months and then into 90 day, what I call milestone goals. Because as you know yourself, and you know, um, if you set a 12 month goal, it's just too big a time part period you know there's you think all right i've, I've got to make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. i've got a i've got to book 50 weddings but if you don't book anything in the first month you're like oh but i've got i've still got 11 months left to do it but then if you think no you know i need to be booking 10 a month or mm -hmm. i need to be booking five a month to make this this target so it's keeping you it's keeping it, it's getting your momentum going from the second of january as opposed to just think oh yeah yeah i've still got another 11 months to make right. up my goal got it yeah. yeah so having those timelines and being priced pricing to reach those like figuring out all the what i'm hearing is getting all the details in place and then the strategies in place to to make make it work you draw yes. who yep. we need Yes. So oh, this has been so great. My mind is blown. Um, <laughs> I, even though I love being on Facebook, I'm thinking maybe I should focus on LinkedIn for a while. I can see, I can see for sure the big benefits of that. Um, everything you've shared. <clears throat> so I have two questions for you before we yeah. wrap it up. One is, how we connect with you and i know that you have um an offer of a 30 minute complimentary consultation so how do we reach you and and what does that involve so um well first of all you can connect with with me on linkedin so just go to linkedin and um search the photographer's mentor jeff brown the photographer's mentor uh, and my website is www thephotographersmentor.com and those two the, I've got my um, latest book which is the ambitious photographers journal you'll see that on LinkedIn and uh, not LinkedIn sorry on Amazon so just type that into the Amazon search and you can get this book that we've been talking about it's in hardback paperback both color and black and white copy and then I've got another book coming out in that week called the photographers missing LinkedIn uh, or the photographers missing link and again that will be on Amazon and it'll be the third edition of this book. So it'll be as up to date as possible. So mm. as, as 
as about as new as it possibly can be on LinkedIn. But um, I'm, I'm out there to give content and give value to photographers because I'm a photographer myself. I can't work with everybody in the world, you know, but, and, you know, there's people who can't afford to come on mentoring programs. So I, I like to give back as much as I can and, and, and put content out there. So even if you just go to us on LinkedIn and follow me on LinkedIn, I'm, I'll, I'll be giving you value and I'll be helping you. And you can always drop me a message and say, Jeff, I'm struggling with this. Can you, you know, I'll just give you a voice clip. I'll leave you a message and, and answer the question for you. But if you if you want a 30 minute free um, business branding and advice call, then go to the website. You can go onto the the, the, the buttons all over the website and you know book my book my call, and you can select and book a call that way. And um, and I'll come on and I'll give you a, an honest 30 minute free branding call. And then at the end of it, if you're interested in my program then I'll tell you a bit about it. I'll send you a brochure anyway beforehand. All my prices are on the website. It's not a sales call. Yes, I'm in the marketing business, but I don't do selling. I don't like to sell. I think my services sell themselves. And, and, and the program runs at about 90% for most of the time anyway. So I don't have to try and sell people, you know, so you, mm -hmm. so you can come to me and I'm not going to try and twist your arm and say, come on, you got to sign up, you know, because I generally want to help people as well. Great. Well, Jeff, oh, this has been great. And I'm so grateful that our mutual friend whose name is eluding me right now. Colby. 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 Yes. Yeah. Um, connected us. He, he's a friend and admirer of yours, I assume. And now I'm an admirer and hopefully a friend as well. So yes, but funny enough, Colby came through Karen. So Karen had told Colby to connect with me on LinkedIn. Karen, who we've just been oh, talking yeah. about. Karen is a good friend of Colby's because she'd seen him on LinkedIn. And he's like, oh, Karen, you're doing so well on LinkedIn. You've got such a, a huge following. And, you you know, you're always busy um, with, with LinkedIn, you know, and, and he's quite new to LinkedIn. And she went, you need to connect with Jeff. Jeff's ah. the man for LinkedIn. You know? So he connected with me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Isn't it a great world that we live in now where we can talk to people all over the world and learn and grow and support each other and have podcasts? It's amazing. It's absolutely. I mean, I've got photographers in what, 20 different countries on my program and it's, yeah. it's so brilliant, you know, just being able to like to, tomorrow morning, a guy in Switzerland at half past five in the morning, my time. Um, and I just, I just love to, 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 you know, spend 10 minutes or five minutes just talking about, the culture and you know what you're doing for christmas or what's what's the weather like over there or yeah. you know it's it's just brilliant it's, it's fantastic yes so um to my listeners stay tuned for my wrap-up and jeff i just want to again thank you so so much for saying yes to being on my show and sharing so much insight and wisdom with my listeners and with me Fantastic. And, and thanks everybody for listening. Well, that was so enlightening and I'm already pondering things that I can do on LinkedIn to help more people enjoy this show. And you can also help by letting your friends know about The Profitable Photographer. I would also love to know if you have guests that you would love to recommend to me. And if there are shows you listen to that you think that my superpowers, which is to sell three to seven wall portraits per client and teaching people that 
uh, could be of value, let me know, stay in touch. So here's a quick little step-by-step -step about LinkedIn. The one is to be ourselves on LinkedIn. So don't always make it salesy. Don't uh, just always be a great big commercial. And that's true with everything. It's about building relationships. Number two is to niche down. And he talks a lot about that. Three, I ask him about how we get uh, seen locally. And he said, in LinkedIn, you can't really particularly do that if you're trying to promote your wedding or portrait or any other services where primarily you're looking for local clients, but you can network with people that are local and then their, their people will see it. And also that's a great way to partner. He says, think outside the box. Think about who else can bend who else can we benefit with what we do? And I'm running out of numbers. <laughs> so I think this might be number five is setting up a good um, profile where we're sharing the benefits um, of, of what, what we do that people might have if they join our LinkedIn and work with us. And six, this is a discussion-based platform. Don't go heavy on hashtags. Post things that cover the who, what, where, and why. Tell a story. And then always ask questions at the end of a post. I love that. Be consistent. Don't be put off if nothing's happening because, um, it's not like in the first month or two, all of a sudden everything's going to change, but consistently posting three to seven times a week and being active is what he's seen has had a huge benefit for photographers. And then we talked about reverse engineering. So setting our goals is great, but then going backwards and figuring out how am I going to accomplish that and, and mapping it out. So uh, again, I'm so grateful that Jeff said, yes, I love talking to people in other countries. And I love all those fun little extra expressions and different words people use for things. So super fun for me as an interviewer. So that's it. I'm sending you a great big hug and hoping all is well with you and yours and that you're planning to have just the most incredible year ever in whatever way that is for you. Okay, bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one -on -one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.